All right. Hello. Welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. It is Sunday. Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. Chris is here on the line. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great, Jason. Good to be awesome. here. Awesome. It is good to have you on uh, on again and uh, have this, this app up and running again. There was right. a little problem with Anchor, I guess, for the last week or so before. And you and I were uh, kind of banging around with a bunch of different... Uh, apps and stuff and couldn't quite get a decent recording although that's not on you because you're a fine sound recordist and engineer but uh you know just trying to trying to get this thing together uh we we took we took for granted the simplicity of this anchor app and thankfully it's now back so enough of our problems on to yours but um, (laughs) (laughs) anyway so uh this week on uh, on the show, we're going to look at a topic that we actually tried to tried to do before. We're going to re- redo this now because we didn't get such a great recording. You actually sounded a little bit like a witness protection program person, and I sounded like some tinny radio show host from 1955 or something. So it's pretty awful. Right. So so now <laughs> so now we got something that uh, that should that should work. But we're going to talk about practical ways principles. Uh, to live a more spiritual life. M-O-R-E is my little acronym we're using. And uh, we'll go through those letters of more, a more spiritual life. These are kind of simple things you can apply uh, to really kind of connect with your, your spiritual side and create something that is a more sort of, how can I say, like a more spiritual, mythological way of, of living, more connected to, to spirit and soul. Uh, often in this material world, we are little bereft of spirit and soul often because of you know all the pressures the media the materialism consumerism and so on that goes on in society and sometimes it gets overwhelming you know and and i think one of the challenges is to create a spiritual life if you're not you know a religious person you don't have a a church or temple or mosque or whatever to go to uh, sometimes that can be challenging what in the heck are you doing (laughs) are you there Chris? Yes. Okay. Are you all right? Yeah, I had a uh, dropout. Uh, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't uh, technology. It was uh, operator error. <laughs> operator error. <laughs> yeah. Much, much like most of our technological issues, it was uh, operator error. So, all right. So we're 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 now we're now back online. Free Can't blame free. anchor this time. No. We, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know that we could blame it before, but <laughs> no, no. But Perfectly it, capable of screwing things up all on my own. All, no my, me as well. So <laughs> get, get the two of us together, and man, you really got something. Um, but one of the the challenges with uh, you know with with living a, a spiritual life, especially if you're not part of a formal religion, is kind of like you, you know you ask yourself, well, where do I get started? You know, and you, you hear that a lot from from people. I know uh, you've probably heard that a lot from people that ask you questions or, you know, want to know more about, you know, trying to connect to this stuff and, and things like that. So that's kind of what we're going to try to address, uh, address today. Uh, you say something a little bit because I want to I want to I just kind of get your thoughts on it. Like, the, you know, the, this is kind of, I guess, an issue really between religion and spirituality. We, I, I can you can you address that a little bit religion and spirituality and how to get started on this stuff and maybe some of the challenges in modern life to to making that happen well the difference uh, i hear people say i'm spiritual not religious i think what that means is um, you have a connection to spirit and want to have a stronger connection uh, but religion meaning organized theological dogmatic systems um, don't work for you because that's really any system becomes corrupt. I don't care how benevolent uh, you start sure. out uh, yeah. with your ideal. You get an organization, you get a group of people together, then their own aims and desires sort of creep in and then the thing morphs and, and there is a problem. And that's really what the problem is with religion, the traditional sense of religion, even some of these newer ones or uh, the prosperity and evangelists and, uh, you know, kind of the new wave of, of Christianity um, that's uh, quite popular. Um, on one hand, it's kind of free of a lot of the dogmatic things, but what gets lost is a system, is a, because the old religions uh, or the religions in older times, uh, and they've been corrupt for a long time, uh, but they did provide a system of security. Yeah. Uh, security with the unknown, where do I go when I die? Uh, how do I get through this difficult phase? Uh, there's fellowship. There's a group of people. 
you know, those were really a lot of the good things. And what's happened now is everything is exposed. There's mysteries and uh, books. You can get really access to anything yeah. online. Uh, and it's just out in the world. Uh, but what isn't, and it's, it's almost too free form. It's almost too sure, yeah. amorphic, or not amorphic. Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's not, you know, it's ephemeral. It's not, so yeah, yes, you want that grab. freedom, it's not tangible. but you kind of still need a system. I don't care what it is, if it's a sure. diet or exercise, it can't just be a do your own thing, free form, you know, unless you're kind of personally disciplined or can yep. construct a, a pathway. So uh, I think maybe, you know, what I see what you're talking about with this uh, more um, process um, is there is a system there is there are yeah, some steps or there's some specific it's a yeah. guidelines yeah. you know not you know rules and you know if you don't do this you're going to burn in sure. eternity um but you're not out there hanging on your own um, there's a reason why we have guides and teachers and instructors uh and even things like spirituality uh that seem you know kind of woo woo or it's up in your head or it's in your heart or, uh there are still definite specific ways of approaching these yeah. things yeah so that's kind of where i see it now there's oh, freedom in being spiritual and not religious but uh some of the construction and the um, system that helps lay okay what do i do and yeah. what we see in some of these uh you know self-help books is oh the seven easy steps to personal freedom that's sure they almost make these steps are almost too easy so it's you know, yeah, no, they need to be reasonable. That's true. That's true. And that, and, or they, or they kind of over, over promise and under deliver and things like that. And then people oh, get nice, frustrated. Uh, that sounds like a good slogan. <laughs> we, we over promise and under deliver. And under deliver 100% of the time. You can ex- <laughs> that's it. That's a hell of a corporation we've set up. All right. So, so yeah, that, that being said, thank you. That's a, that's a great way to, to, to frame that. So it is because I, I like how you pointed out too, that because there is so much information available now, there's so many books. I mean, they publish hundreds of thousands of books and, you know, everything's available on the internet and videos and shows and documentaries. It's almost like we get overwhelmed and we don't know where to start. And that's where I think just like having a little bit of guideline, like uh, like this, this more idea that, that we're working with, um, you know, can help us to get a little bit of a foundational kind of base uh, to, to work from and, and, and connect us back to ourselves and back to our spirit. All right. So let's let's jump into it. So M, the first M in more, M-O-R-E, is meditation. Obviously, uh, you know, I am... Uh, I'm a big proponent of meditation, having having written a meditation book myself, if you can where you can meditate. And you yourself are a big proponent of meditation and different types of guided visualization, shaman journeys and so on. And I've used them very effectively in your life as I have in mine. Uh, one of the challenges, uh, though, with meditation that we find is that people all know that it's a good idea. Oh, it's going to I'm going to feel less anxious. I'm going to be more focused. I'm going to have more concentration. I'm going to sleep better. I'm going to, you know, have better athletic performance. You know, they, you know, all the benefits, you know, we've all heard it a million times, you know, we've read books and we do all this stuff. The challenge is, all right, well, how the hell do I get started on this thing? Cause it seems so, it seems a bit overwhelming. It seems like this big practice, like I've got to be some, you know, advanced yogi or something to do it. And this is where, this is where, you know, simplicity comes into play. And, um, you know, I want to I want to look at that and and try to try to get to kind of the core of establishing a practice. And what I would say and disagree with me, if you if you disagree, is that probably the biggest challenge to meditation is not really the meditation itself. It's sitting down to do it on a daily basis. Would you agree with that? It is. And there's also not the feedback, the personal feedback that am Mm -hmm. I doing it right it's mm, mm. other things like exercise and there's some dietary things you can, you can see oh, something. Yeah. But you could meditate for a week or two properly. Uh, and just because you're not quite used to it yet, you might not uh, see the benefits, even though you might be gaining those benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might actually be working on you. Yeah. Your awareness might not be there because it's a little more subtle. So that's another thing. I get That's is, a good point. Am I doing it right? I'm just sitting with my eyes closed. Yeah. And I can't turn my head off for 10 sure. minutes. Sure. Sure. Well, you're sitting down and doing it, and I think you're, 
you know, that's, that's the rightest path. Yeah. There is a, there is a great saying, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to misquote it and then probably, you know, just slaughter it. But, uh, it was, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was St. Teresa of Avila, uh, the mystic who said something about, uh, like a bad day of meditation is, you know, is more benefit than, you know, a great day of something work or, you know, or, or, or I, I can't remember what it was, but basically she was saying, uh, you know, even a bad day of meditation is, is wildly positive essentially. So the thing about it that I would say to, to address that point, and that's, that's one of those challenges, you're right. Um, is that meditation is effective whether or not it feels effective or not. And it's cumulative. So that just like you said, yeah, a week you might, you will, I think in a week you would, if you were practicing regularly, you would see a little bit of benefit. And I think you could feel a little bit calmer and stuff in a week, but but, you know, in that moment, it is hard to recognize it. It's one of those things where it's kind of like a like a diet in a way where you, you know, you don't really see big changes. And all of a sudden you step on the scale one day and you're like, oh, my God, I just lost 55 pounds. And you suddenly look at yourself and you're completely slimmer and, you you know, you're, you're 10 waist sizes smaller, whatever it is. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. it's this cumulative day by day thing that, you know isn't as obvious, I guess, because it's, you know, because it's internal, that's the challenge with meditation, but you do notice it, you know, especially over time, you're like, Oh, I'm calmer. Oh, I'm more focused. Oh, I am sleeping better. Oh, I I don't blow up at work as much anymore. So anyway, that just to address that, but the big thing, I think the biggest part of it, and you know, I think the biggest challenge for most, for most people anyway, was, it was for me is establishing the daily habit of, of doing it you know, and one of the best ways of doing that is just to use the power of habit. So more than worrying about, am I doing this right? Or am I, you know, gonna, you know, try to really do some, you know, deep yogic meditation, or am I, you know, this, this or that, you know, posture better, whatever, is more of just saying to yourself, I am going to establish a practice of meditation, do the best that I can be easy on myself about it. And I'm going to get up, for example, you know, 10 minutes before I normally would, I'll set my alarm clock 10 minutes beforehand. Um, and I will get up and I will get out of bed, kind of splash some water on my face, sit down, and I will set a timer on my phone for five minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you choose. And I will sit and I will just watch my breath or I will repeat a mantra on each breath, on each out breath. And it's a pretty simple process. Um, the big deal about it is setting, setting that time and following, following through with it so that you create that habit. And, you know, we talked a little bit about this before, you know, whether it takes 21 days, 22 days, 30 days, whatever it takes to kind of set a new habit, roughly in about a month or less, you know, maybe three weeks, you're going to have set a habit and, and it'll be, you'll be more on autopilot and it'll be, it'll be rather easy to get up and do that. The, you know, you know I, measure like whether or not you've established a habit so it, it's when when say if you the tape is flossing your teeth every day mm-hmm. um uh, it's if you work on that maybe you do a day maybe you miss a day uh you pick it up you keep trying uh, after a while if you do miss a day mm-hmm. and you recognize oh my god i didn't do that today if that exactly. seems weird then you know it's then you've established, established enough it. that missing it is is more of the anomaly that's a great so. point. And you literally will miss the, the positive benefit of it, too. You'll be like, oh, I feel a little more stressed out today. I didn't do my meditation this morning or I've, I've skipped it for three days or something. Mm-hmm. The beauty of it is, though, that, you know, once you've kind of established that habit, it's so easy to get back into it. You know, it's like you've got you've you've established a base. It's like like myself. One of the things you know, people always talk about, like, how do I get started in working out and stuff? And I think like, it's, it's hard for me to answer that question. Cause you know, it's something that I do instinctively and I've been doing since I'm like 13 years old or something. So, you know, it's kind of hard for me to answer those questions. Sometimes I have to really think back because I've established, like for me, just like you said, I've established such a, a pattern of, of, you know, working out that when I don't do it, I feel bad. Right. It's not when I do do it. I, 
you know, it, yeah, I get sore and yes, you know, sometimes I I'll hurt a muscle or something, or I'll like, you know, get a little strain or a sprain or something, but you know, much, I get much worse effects if I do not work out. So, you know, that, that, you know, that's that habit thing. And that's what you've got to establish. You've got to use that positive habit force, I guess you'd want to call it or karmic seeds. You know, you're planting these seeds of doing the same things over and over again to create that space to, to make that meditation possible each day. And then you can think about, okay, I'm going to try to deepen this and do it a little bit better. And maybe I'll add some incense. You talked about that before when we talked about the, this and the, you know, the first time we recorded this, um, having some of those habitual things that you do, like lighting some incense or maybe, you know, sitting in front of a statue or you've got a little mat that you use or some space that you always go to. Those are, they're, they're crucial. They're crucial. I was going to say they're, they're nice, but really they are kind of crucial. So carve out that little space for yourself. Even if your mat is a little blanket, you're, you know, you have a candle or something that you use. If it's a birthday candle or something, and you're, whatever you can get your hands on to create a kind of a little ritual that you do beforehand. Because if you can add just a little tiny piece of ritual to something, it really deepens the experience and it habitualizes it to a much greater degree. And, it, you know, and you go, you'll go deeper and it, it sets up the conditions for success. It sets up the conditions for a nice deep meditation. Um, you know, so, so meditate, meditate, you know, we all know that we should do it, but, you know, challenge yourself to, to try to start and, you know, do it today, do it today. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Uh, that's the, the other trap we fall into is waiting. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll do it when I feel better. I'll do it when, you know, it, it's one of those things where you just have to resolve to set it up set your alarm a little bit earlier, you know, do it before you, you, you get your day started so that there are no excuses. Cause there's so many things that, that vie for our time during the day. But if you do it in that little, you know, those few moments of quiet in the morning, uh, before the day gets started, you, you can really get leverage on yourself. So that is something, something to think about. Do you have anything to add to, to, to the M to the meditate section or should we move on to O? Yeah, I think we can move on. I think you've really covered it. Do it and then get better at it. Uh, writers say get it writ and then get it right. <laughs> nice. Just get it out and then, yeah. you know, then, because it's really, you're right. It's about establishing the habit. The yeah. habit. And I like how you make it sacred or special that it's a certain incense that you light only when you meditate or maybe only that mat or that pillow you sit on. Uh, maybe use it for other things, but it's the only time you put it on the floor and sit on it was for meditation. Yeah. Then you're just, you're, you know, um, attuning your body and everything to this practice. One little thing can, can really go a long way. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So the O is observation. Observation. So we have M, meditation, O, observation. Uh, observation. Let's talk a little bit about that. What does that mean? I'll just let you run with observation. And then I'll give my, my little two cents in there. So what do okay. you what do you uh, what do you think of that 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 being observant and the observation uh, sort of idea? Well, it's the place from which you observe. It's it's your attention, and it's the standpoint from where you're looking at things. If you're you know agitated or in mm -hmm. some emotional state, you're going to look at things that way it colors like you know rose colored glasses it's going to yeah. color what you're doing so the main thing about observing is initially anyway it's not so much what you're looking at or making some assessment or uh, an opinion yeah. about what it is it's it's becoming the observer it's the observer state um yeah. you've pulled back from yourself and your troubles and the days and the world and who you think you are or aren't or should be or shouldn't be yeah. Just as you can get this third person, just a little bit of, I'm leaning back and kind of pushing my hands outward right now. If you can visualize that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, away from me, the me that I think I am, if I can yeah. just pull back and I can, ah, I can see myself, then you're, you know, a fly on the wall. Uh, and then your attention is um, an awareness. It's really in a, a state of awareness that you're aware of what's happening. And that, you know, involves a lot of present moment. Um, 
awareness. You used the word mindfulness last time uh, when we were talking about observation. I really like that. It's like it's being in that moment, isn't it? And being um, mm -hmm. observant of what's actually going on and being connected to the moment that you're in instead of being in the future or being in the past, but getting some leverage on on kind of your your point of view or your observational state by looking at it neutrally and being in that moment being in that moment and i think that that can be challenging you know observation too is an interesting thing because it creates um a little bit of space because for example if we look at things from like a union point of view you know we have these different parts of ourselves there's you know all these different different things going on below the surface there's you know um complexes and archetypal energies and autonomous things happening in the unconscious etc cetera, etc cetera, all bubbling up and kind of taking us over at times when one of those takes you over it's called a, a possession so i'm possessed by the anima or I'm possessed by a mother complex or something like this right the first step in dealing with those sorts of emotional things that come up those those complexes and those energies and affects that, that grab us is to observe that it is it's not us it's part of us but it's not whole wholly us and that's the challenge with when we get seized by a rage or an anger road rage or, or something you know where we want to just smash something or we want to scream or we want to run away it's very primitive kind of responses or whatever um you know those things are we're completely identified with the feeling that's coming up or the emotion that's coming up or the energy that's coming up and we don't have any leverage on it whatsoever that observation allows us to see oh yes i do feel this it's not a you don't need to repress it but it gives you some space to to consciously decide whether or not you're going to act on it just as you would if you were driving and someone you know cuts you off and and they give you the finger and they're just generally driving like an a-hole you have the con you can you know you're going to react you're going to get upset but you can make the choice like okay do i want to actually react to this in terms of physical response do i do i want to respond it with aggression with anger and frustration back and escalate the situation or do i want to let this a-hole just go on and do their thing and, and i'm just not gonna you know stir the pot and make it worse you know, those are those are choices that we can make, but we can't make that kind of a choice. If we don't have that capacity to observe the situation, like you said, in that mindful state where you can kind of step back from the situation and get a bit of leverage on it. And it well, right. Yeah. Well, using the, the driving the car analogy, living in Los Angeles and I guess really anywhere in the West, it's something yeah, we do right. a lot. A lot sure. of, um, that observer awareness, that perspective is not you being upset because somebody cut you off. It's not you or this other car. The observer perspective is every single window, all your mirrors, the road up ahead, your speedometer. It's you, there's more information going on than just this one a-hole who cut you off. Yeah. And I think if you kind of maybe more circumspective that there's more going on. Okay. He cut me off and that made me mad. Um, but I'm not going to, I still have to drive my car properly because I want to get to where I'm going safe. So, you know, there's yeah. something else is going on. And, uh, and just as a, uh, a note on, you know, how do I get this observer position? Uh, how will I know when I'm mm -hmm. in this you know, observer uh, awareness mode and not caught up in it? Um, think of the times that you've ever caught yourself think you know you watch something on the news or yep. the twitter feed and you're like oh my god then your rage is going and you're thinking about how you yeah. want to destroy a person or cut sure. them down you know a yeah. character assassinate and then you stop and you go whoa wait a minute what on earth am i thinking what where did that come from what am i or you do something wrong and then you have to apologize later and go oh my god i don't know what i was thinking I, i'm so sorry that's i was caught up in the moment and i just ran off with my tongue and uh, and then you but that it's that other part the part that catches you yeah yeah <laughs> the part that says what the heck am i yeah, thinking exactly. about that's the observer so we've done this before so try to get back try to catch yourself sure. <laughs> when you're that's caught a, up yeah that's a great in, way to, uh, to look at an emotion or a, a thought process well even those silly little exercises they're not silly i mean but they sound so simple, but like, you know, counting to 10 or counting to five before you react or something, just creating a little bit of a disconnect between the automatic responses that usually occur is, is often enough to create that observation.
uh, the other, and those tight, you know, they tie together. So all these, all these little principles in the, in the more, you know, little idea that we're, we're exploring do tie together. So meditation does actually a daily practice of meditation does help you to develop and cultivate that observer awareness, that mindfulness, and then the observation part of it that sort of consciously carrying that over into your day-to-day life is sort of the, where the rubber meets the road of the meditation, you know, cause really the, 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 the true meditation is life, you know, that you're acting in life in a meditative state. In other words, you're fully connected and fully present and operating authentically. And, you know, and for the most part, appropriately to different situations you know in an authentic human way and that's what meditation helps us to achieve but so those those two things are definitely tied together so those are two uh those are two great principles so we got meditation we've got observation uh now we're going to move on to reflection which is the r portion of our more reflection and reflection of course ties in as well because reflection is our time and it's, it's it's outside of meditation it might be tied with it. It might be before it or after it, or it might be at a di- completely different time. Maybe you take a, a different day during the week to do this, maybe a Saturday or a Sunday, you know, if those are holy days to you or something. Uh, and take some time uh, to kind of reflect on, on the week, um, you know, as a, as a practice each week to really sit down and think, you know, you might, might journal or you might, um, you know, take some time to draw a picture or, or to do something that you like to do artistically and kind of reflect and think about, um, you know, what is going on in your life? What's working? What's not working? Are you connected? How are you feeling? Maybe you go out in nature, go to a park, go to the beach, something like this, and, and do some reflection. We do not spend enough time, most of us, in reflection. And I don't mean ruminating on negative things. I don't mean, you know, sitting around nursing grudges. I mean, really honest reflection about what's going on in your life. And, and, you know, how the soul feels about that. So it, it does take some work and you got to dig a little bit, uh, but it's, it's well worth the effort to, to do this reflection work each week uh, and to stop and think like how, you know, is this, did this, you know, were there things this week that I could work on? Um, you know, were there things this week that I wasn't too happy about how I reacted to or the way this person treated me and what I did or whatever, you know, that's, that's, that's one way to do it. The other way to do it is the, um, you know, the Pythagoras method. And what, what's the name of that again? It's called uh, retrospection. Retrospection. Talk, talk about that a little bit. Well, that's going back generally at the end of the day. Um, you review your day. You could do it weekly as well. Uh, it's easier. You know, it's, again, it's another habit. Um, mm-hmm. And, yes, you have to be careful not to beat yourself up. If you reflect on your day and you think of the, the two or three things you did wrong, um, you got to be it's, mindful it's, and be observant yeah. that you're that you're you can create a and, little. Don't be judgmental. Exactly. Don't be judgmental. Uh, almost like a scientist. Yep. Uh, you're, okay, you're looking at the data, and you're saying, "Well, geez," and and recognize the good stuff too. Exactly. You exactly. can keep uh, track if there's reinforce if there's, the positives. Yeah. Yeah. Say if there's a half a dozen things you know you want to work on you don't want to be so reactive um, when uh, you respond to situations. Um, maybe you need to um, be more complimentary uh, towards people who do good things around you, the waitress who brings the food on time, you know, instead of taking those things, whatever it is, you can get your list of, of things. Uh, this can be part of that practice. And then at the end of each day, you can put a plus or a minus next to each one for each day saying, well, yeah, I did pretty good. There. I did better than usual. Well, this one, uh, you know, I, now, I didn't do, you do mean, so uh, well. That you'd actually write that out, put in a plus or minus. Is this more of a mental exercise? You very easily could. You could write you could it down do that. If, yeah. you're, if you're tre- keeping track of it. Um, oh, Benjamin Franklin did that. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. Oh. Yeah, Benjamin Franklin did that. I remember reading about that in one of uh, Napoleon Hill's books. Mm-hmm. He would, he would, he would keep track of that on a daily basis. And he would it's mark the tenth it out. step in twelve-step uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. recovery. It is the tenth step. That's fantastic. I was think. I'm glad you added that because I was just thinking of that as more of a mental exercise. But it's it's powerful and probably more powerful to write it down, isn't it? Because you got something concrete there. Yeah, and then then you have if you're doing it every day. Well, yep. you've got you know you you might have thirty columns for the month mm-hmm. on a sheet of paper or something. Uh, you can even make a little spreadsheet or something. It, all you need is a plus and a minus or a X or a check or, you know, however and you so want And so you'd put in something like, 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 oh, I, I, 
you know, maintain my calm when X, Y, Z happened or something. And then you'd be, it'd be either yes or no or something like that. Is that how you'd sort of lay those things out? Yeah. Or just, yeah. you know, areas and, and you can add new ones when they come up. That's part of being sure. reflective too. Is yeah. Yeah. That, oh, gee, is am I getting in my head? You know, we talked about, you know, lack or abundance and, mm-hmm. um, you know, some people say, well, geez, oh, I don't really have much. Well, I don't know if I can get that or, you know, it's really, can't really well how am i gonna yeah my yeah credit? yeah you know maybe that, and if you hear yourself do that okay maybe that's a category you can put that's a, uh, a row you can put in your um, yeah like your abundance or something like or something like that yeah am, yeah. I, am I talking negative about things am i not open to other possibilities am i you know debbie downer you know or something sure, like that yeah. and then oh i'm gonna put that on my column so then you have something and it's really for the next day you do it at the end of the day but you don't want to beat yourself up over this no. stuff because then you won't be able to get to sleep yeah, yeah unless exactly. you meditate and maybe that'll help so. yeah so maybe do this before meditation then you <laughs> you reflect and then you let it all go in the meditation but no that gives you some feel for the for for and that's actually part of pythagoras's routine too is to say okay well tomorrow I, i'm going to uh do this instead and i'm going to be more mindful of, of watching my you know my mouth in terms of like you know yelling at my kids or, or whatever it mm-hmm. is you're trying to work on right I've done this before. Yeah. Um, there was even, you know, the uh, 12 step program had sheets <laughs> laid out where you could yeah. had like eight or 10 already filled in. You had room mm-hmm. for your own and you just photocopied that and, and, and you know, you've got your workbook for the month. Uh, Do but you think that's online, by the way? Do you think that's something that probably, you know, what? I'll try to find something if you that or maybe make one uh, from the literature that I have and we can, you can put it up on the website. That oh, probably that'd be, be something to do. Yeah, uh, no, that's a great idea. Uh, and we'll uh, get a link to that. All right, very cool. And I found from doing that, um, two things surprised me. Okay. Um, one was kind of how, you know, oh, my God, it, it doesn't take much to slip up. Um, you're really aware of some of the not so good things you're doing with your mind, yep. your thoughts, and, and your attitude, um, especially when you're being honest. Um, and I was also surprised um, by recognizing, uh, through observation, um, the little things I do each day, you know, that are good. It's like, actually, you know, I am pretty good about that. Um, yeah. Y- you know, and yeah. it's so, I-, I actually heard of this today. It was in a, a lecture by, um, Greg Braden and, and he was talking about, you could do, um, 10 great things in, in the day and one not so great thing, or somebody else can do 10 great things and not, uh, one, not so one, great. one thing yeah. that's not so great. Yeah. And that's the one, remember, and it has to go all the way to our survival. Yeah, uh, that's, pr- that's primal reptilian brain stuff there. Because, yeah. because we got to know what hurts us so exactly. we can remember it. Or maybe you have a strategy to beat it to the beat next it time or, or not eat that berry that made you Exactly. It's a, sur- <laughs> it's a, it's a, that's a straight-up survival mechanism. That's why it is so powerful. Yeah, and, and that awareness yeah. of that and knowing that, and that's, you know, things like your, this more um, method um, will help show us that and say that, well, geez, you know, that's okay that that happens, but we're not primitive and we're not reptiles. Yeah. And even though well, we have that reaction or that so, tendency. Society is so much more complicated now. We can't act out our, our more aggressive and more, you know, sort of autonomous impulses anymore. We'd be in prison. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's a great point. All right. Well, that's uh, unless you have more uh, more to add to that. Yeah, <laughs> so we have our M for meditation, our O for observation, our R for reflection. And we talked a little bit about reflection in terms of, um, you know, noting what, what what's working, what's not working. And then and then not beating ourselves up with it, but resolving what we want to do the next day. Uh, to, to, to continually improve and also to focus on those positive things we're doing and remind ourselves, hey, I am doing a good job in a lot of these areas here and, you know, build yourself up as well, because it is very easy because physiologically and, you know, sort of, uh, you know, we're kind of hardwired to notice the anomalies and notice the painful things that those stick out so much more to make a bit of a conscious effort to notice the stuff that is working and build those up for yourself. That is, you know, that's kind of one of the survival mechanisms of a more primitive time, right? A more a more, uh, you know, and it, and it worked. Look at human beings have survived and thrived, and we, you know, we dominate the planet now to this because because of those instincts. So you know, but we've also got to learn to work with them now in a in a different way because 
society is much different than it was in, in the times when those served us really, really efficiently. All right. So the final thing uh, in our more, our more uh, um, steps or, you know, principles, I guess, or things to look out for uh, is, is, is uh, the E and the E is evolution slash easy does it evolution slash easy does it. And what do I mean by that? That's more kind of the AA idea, 12 step idea of one day at a time in that don't try basically when you're, you know, trying to create a more spiritual life, don't fall into the trap. Like we all are want to do many times in our lives of trying to go overboard with things, allow things to unfold naturally and give them time and be easy on yourself and allow them to evolve. You don't need a, now this will happen sometimes, obviously, uh, of its own accord, you will have a spiritual revolution. You'll have some kind of revelation that comes through. It completely changes your life. And it's, you know, it's something beyond your control. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, Oh, I want to meditate. So what I'm going to do is go do a two week silent Vipassana meditation in, in Thailand and that's going to be my first introductory step to meditation. And I know that this is what I have to do. That is insane. Let me just say that yeah. from the get-go. Allow, allow things to evolve. Don't try to force them. Start with, you know, five minutes or 10 minutes and get confident with that. It's just like learning to walk and then learning to run and then learning to sprint and then learning to jump over hurdles, you know, or however, whatever the progression is going to be. You, you don't just try to run and jump over hurdles and race, you know, Olympic sprinters, right? Uh, it doesn't make any sense. So you've got to build on the foundation and start, start small, build a foundation and grow. And you will be amazed at how quickly it will happen, but you have to be patient. The, the, the alternative is I'm going to try to create a revolution in my life. And so I want to lose weight. So what I'm going to do is tomorrow I'm going to start this crazy new diet, whatever the new diet fad is. I'm only going to eat, you know, fat. I'm only going to eat pork rinds and, and drink um, stevia soda, you know, just because this is the new <laughs> diet, right? Oh, you're there. Right. I just created a new diet. So please don't have that diet. By the yeah, way. No, don't, don't, don't follow know, this person's just, advice. I'm just, yeah. I am just <laughs> kidding. I know all of our listeners are smart enough to know that, but I'm just, uh, you know, how many of us can get sucked into these crazy diets? The point is allow things to unfold, you know, make small steps. Yeah. Make choices, make big decisions, make radical kind of, you know, resolve to do something different, but take it easier on yourself and take reasonable steps to get there. And then things will begin to change exponentially it'll grow very quickly and then you can start really making those changes and leaps and bounds but let yourself be easy enough on yourself allow yourself to evolve enough in that you get the confidence to do those things do you have anything to, to add to that as well yeah it's a process uh, mainly hall talked about uh, insolment that was his e um, that it becomes That's great actualized it becomes you know codified it, it becomes internalized into your soul uh, and then that will inform the things that you do next so uh, he, he said philosophy is a two-step process one of discovery the aha oh so that's it oh know thyself wow uh, and then the other part is utility um, the aha is only half of it you're not going to flip to the back of the book and get the answer and ah, be done. Uh, it, this stuff doesn't work this way. It's like no. working out or anything else. You still have to keep going to the gym. You still have to uh, stick to your diet, even though it may become routine and uh, habitual and just part of your life. And you would not dream of not going to the, the gym or exercising or eating properly. Um, but it takes a while for it to become ingrained into your being. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's the old, uh, martial artist, uh, you know, in three lessons, you want to do a flying sidekick. You want to break a board. Yeah. You want to yeah. receive your black belt. Uh, it doesn't work that way. No, no. <laughs> um, you know, and again, this observer, uh, part of yourself will notice, uh, after you've kind of taken it easy and as you're evolving, you're going to recognize these things in yourself. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, a little more clearly. And it, and it does take a little bit of time, but you're worth it. Um, you know, oh, geez, what if it takes three months? Okay. Well, what if you started three months ago? You'd, you'd be somewhere now. Or what if you wait three months and before you start? Yeah. <laughs> start today, like you said. Start today. And in, in three exactly. months, you'll have, you'll have something. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if this is one of those simple things where, you know, it seems, it seems like one of these kind of throwaway ideas or whatever because it's so simple. But this little acronym of MORE can really add a lot to your life. I mean, these are all principles that both you and I and other people we know and stuff have used to really create, you know, deep spiritual experiences and, and a lot of growth and, and movement forward and, and connection to, you know, to something, to something higher. Uh, so, you know, don't, uh, don't de denigrate the idea of these, these small, small changes that can be made, um, you know, because you want these huge, huge revolutions uh, or you, you know, you, or you get intimidated because you see on Instagram, you know, these, these yogis or meditators that, you know, can do all these incredible things that you think, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll never be able to do that. Or the flip side of that is I'm going to do that tomorrow. You know, be. Yeah, both are equally off. Right. Center. And so it doesn't, uh, you've got to, you know, someone was telling me, I, I don't know where I heard this, but you have to, oh, it was about, it was about artists. And some of those artists was, oh, it was actually, um, it was actually uh, Daryl Fuzar, who I, who I talked to on that, on the last show. Um, he was talking about how, um, you have to, it wasn't on the show, but he was talking about how one of his best teachers told him, don't measure yourself against an artist when you see the artist's work when it's hanging in a gallery. Look at the artist's level at the level that you're at if you want to compare, which isn't valuable anyway. But if you're going to do it, at least mm -hmm. compare to the right thing. So if you want to look at Picasso and go, well, I'm, you know, I'm never going to be Picasso. I'm never going to have this natural spontaneity or this you know, fluid beauty and this Zen quality to me, to my art or whatever. Look at Picasso's work when he was first starting out. If you know, when he was a year in or something, if you can get your hands on that and then look at your work a year in, you know, measure it, measure things with the proper measurement if you're going to measure them at all. But most of the time, it's not really valuable to measure yourself against other people anyway. But if you're going to do it, at least use the right, you know, yardstick, right? So, so, I mean, that's a bit off track, but that's, that's something, it's something to think about. Don't try to, you know, say, oh, well, you know, I'm going to look at this particular person and they're doing it this way and they're making this amount of progress and I just started and I should be doing the same thing. They've been doing it for, you know, 30 years. Don't get discouraged by that. You know, it's, 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 you got to be realistic. And that's, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the things to look at. Okay. So, so to recap, we have our four principles of more, more, how to live a more spiritual life. So M is meditation. I encourage you to start today, start today. You know, take uh, time and just do, you know, five minutes of meditation, establish a time uh, or start, you know, start tomorrow. You know, if it's better, if you're going to do it in the morning, I mean, start it on the day you're going to do it. But, you know, do something simple like set your alarm 10 minutes early, uh, earlier than you normally would and get up and, and, you know, like I said, splash a little water in your face, wake up a little bit and sit down and just do some real basic breathing meditation. Just watch your breath or, you know, repeat the mantra Om. Uh, don't worry so much about how you're sitting. I mean, try to keep your back straight and stuff. Just keep yourself awake and things like that because it is early. But, you know, and do that for five or ten minutes. Just set, set something on your phone and establish that habit. And O is observation. So throughout your day, observation. Uh, be aware. Be mindful. Uh, see what's going on. Try to create a little space between uh, action and reaction times. Uh, maintain, maintain that observer status if you can. R is uh, reflection. So take time to reflect either once a week or like Chris was talking about with the Pythagoras thing, you can do it uh, on paper or do it, you know, each day and reflect on uh, what's happening in your life, how you can improve what you're doing right, you know, reinforce those positive things. And then E is evolution or easy does it and give yourself a break, take time and allow things to unfold naturally uh, and don't have, uh, you know, too un unrealistic expectations for yourself. Go easy with this stuff and, and gradually incorporate. You will see big changes if you do small things consistently. That's the key to life right there. And that's the same thing with, with exercise or with, um, with diet. It's not about trying to do extreme things. It's about doing small things consistently over time. And that makes these huge changes. That's the reality of it. Oftentimes, yeah, I mean, we will, we will make these big decisions. I'm going to move to New York. Yeah, that's huge. You know, you're going to do something like that.
but you had to get the confidence up to do that by taking the small steps. I saved up some money. I looked at apartments. I got, you know, a job there. I did this and that, you know, you've got to, you, those are the steps. And sometimes, you know, there are these big revolutionary changes, but most of the time, most big things are accomplished. One action, one thought, one moment, one day, one week, one month, et cetera, et cetera, at a time. And it builds. All right. So that's about that. Do you have anything uh, add, to add more to that? To more. There it is again, right? Uh, to, well, to those you, ideas? Yeah, go ahead. Well, initially you started saying um, the context is how to live a more spiritual mm -hmm. life. You're right. This process could be used for you know, any kind of you know, self-improvement um, mm -hmm. or anything you're doing just to develop yourself, uh, even outside of any kind of spiritual things yeah uh, but i would say this process in itself is a spiritual practice because part of having um living a more spiritual life won't you be calmer in difficult situations uh will you be less reactive um and a little more um compassionate or um you know aware of other people's feelings um, are you trying to rush into things? Those, those aren't the, the ways of spirit anyway. And if you have a particular spiritual um, you know, format or uh, tradition, say like Buddhism, one of the concepts in Buddhism is, is to be um, impeccable with your thought, speech, and actions. Well, those are three things you could put on your reflective sheet. Um, how did I, was I good with my speech today? Were my thoughts good today? Uh, or my actions good, so you can actually tie it in with uh, a particular with your own yeah. particular tradition. If you ascribe to to one, I would say the way you've laid this out, it, it is a spiritual practice in itself. Um, yeah, it's a fr framework, a framework, a framework. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's fantastic. That's a great way to put it. And the other, you know, the other thing too that I, I often encourage people. Uh, to do, and this is actually something that's you know takes place in in, in Jungian analysis as well, and in a lot of different uh, types of spiritual practices. Is 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 I encourage people to go back and try to sort of look at some of the things that they may have rejected from when they were when they were young. So if you come from a specific tradition and and you you know you've you've developed a bad taste for it, or you know something's happened where you know, you, you don't feel connected to it anymore. Sometimes there's a wounding there. Sometimes there's, there's, there's the seeds of something new. Maybe you need to just kind of go back to it and um, take a fresh perspective on it. And that mythology and this, you know, and the sacred stories from that particular tradition and the, tr and, and even some of the practices may still work for you. You may just need to do them in a different way and a more non-traditional way. Sometimes um, people that say, for example, the, you know, uh, that are the Orthodox Jews, as an example, you know, they move away from temple and they move away from traditional ways of being and, you know, live a more secular life and maybe they become interested in Buddhism or something else. You know, oftentimes um, those people find their way back to a more mystical form of, of, uh, of Judaism, like Kabbalah or something. And they find that, oh, that, that actually serves, serves me better because that, that sort of, you know, it fits with who I am, but it also fits kind of the tradition that I come from as well. And so there's oftentimes a way of, of reincorporating some old things that seem like they don't work, but in a, in a new way. And that's kind of off, off subject, but I just wanted to bring that up. I don't know. I was moved by spirit to say uh, that. Yeah. Well, it's right on sub, uh, subject to this process will help you reframe yeah. things around your life. And yes, things in your past. And to separate, too, again, with the religious um, tradition, mm -hmm. uh, there are spiritual truths in all of them. Yeah. Uh, I think any and all of them in their own way uh, yeah. can be valid. But you have to separate between that and a particular human being who is representing that or group of people. Sure. The bad actors, the hypocrites, the, you know, yeah, those, exactly. those people. Exactly. Those aren't even though even there may be a bunch of them, but they're not necessarily representative of the tradition or of what you can make out of it. So that's, that's nice to, uh, that's a, that's a great point. And I, I know, you know, and not to get too personal, but I know, uh, you talk about it in your book that you had some challenges with, with Christianity and you're still kind of wrestling with 
some of that imagery and some of oh i hated it yeah and i hated the people that you know at least the ones you saw on tv sure that they were all hypocrites yeah and doing this in somebody's name or in the name of this mm-hmm. tradition uh you know onward christian soldiers we're gonna yeah. bond you to the stone age um because we follow jesus yeah but then you know it, it ruined the whole thing for me because i never really had a practice as a kid it sure. didn't get ruined it was ruined just just you know from day one um, but as I went on and I read and meditated and yeah. uh, certainly got exposed to some other ideas about it, I found that it's, it's just as mystical, just as spiritual, mm-hmm. uh, as long as you extract it from the trappings of 2000 years sure. and you put it in a form that, that works with you in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, Christianity itself, I mean, it's interesting because at the, at the time it was a really quite a radical and you know, as a departure from the, the from the norm and from the orthodox point of view, uh, but then it, you know it, it itself became this sort of orthodox and kind of dogmatic and doctrinally oriented religion that it was actually kind of trying to you know set itself apart from that sort of thinking. But you know, like anything, like you said, it becomes ossified. It becomes kind of you know solidified into into these states. So we need to reinject. Um, life into these traditions if we want yeah. them to to still work for us and that's why i say like you know we use a process like this more idea and we start you know running some of our beliefs and images and you know some symbols through through those through those different lenses and those different practices and it might breathe some new, new life into it for us um you know we might find that 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 some of those institutions that we thought didn't serve us actually uh, do feed our souls because we go in with a different attitude. We see things in a different way. We may not agree with everything that the the rabbi or the priest or the, you know, or the pastor or whatever is, is saying, but, um, but, you know, we, we process that information in our own way. And for us, it means maybe something different than it does to the person next to us. So it's one, you know, it's one way to, you know, kind of remain connected to your tradition and, and, and still maintain one's own soul. So it's something to think about. It, it, it's something to think about. So I encourage you to try this, uh, this, uh, this idea, this framework of more, to put more into your spiritual life. Uh, give that a shot. Thank you, Chris. You added some beautiful things. I appreciate your input every week. Oh, sure. Thanks Thank for you. being here, my brother. All right. And uh, we are here every Sunday uh, with a new show. And oftentimes during the week, we're doing stuff as well. So, you know, that's kind of sporadic, but uh, we're trying to get that established, we're trying to create that habit of, of doing two shows a week. But we're, uh, we're, still, we're still working on that. And um, please support us if you can, anchor.fm slash Cosmic Eye. Check out Chris's book, uh, The Spirit in the Sky, chrissheridan.com, or on Amazon. My book is If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate, Amazon or CosmicEye.org. Thanks again for supporting us and listening and those who are financially supporting as well. We appreciate you guys. Goodbye. Have a great week and God bless.